0: All right, welcome to the very first recording of Inside the Key podcast. Uh, I am Jeremy Porth, and uh, this is my co-host, Jonathan
1: Nosak. Jonathan, take it away. Hi, I'm Jonathan Nosak. This is Inside the Key.
0: <laughs> Perfect, nice intro. Um, ba- basically, we are two uh, just basketball fans we're, we're not professionals we're not professional journalists or anything but we just love the sport of basketball we love keeping up with the NBA um we we're we're big on having a fantasy basketball league going it's it's something we've been doing for several years now and we decided we just wanted to open up a podcast where we can just talk about it and uh just just have a lot of fun so that's what we're doing um let's start it off Jonathan let's talk about the fantasy basketball world what what are some what are some keys to the fantasy basketball world this year? What are you looking for? Um, who do you like? Talk about rookies. Um, let's just leave it open ended. What do you got?
1: Sure. Uh, I think one of the biggest tips for any fantasy season, but especially basketball, is make sure you're not drafting too early. A lot of people like to get it done, get it over with. They get excited to get the draft done because it's really fun. But uh, if you get it done too early, um, and I've experienced this, guys can move, team situations can change, um, and you don't want to be stuck with a guy who's now going to be sitting on the bench instead of playing as the sixth man on the roster. Um, You know, I think a couple big examples of that
0: right now, Ben Simmons is the obvious one. Um, Mm -hmm. we don't know where he's going to go, but the, the report is that, uh, Ben Simmons has said he's not going to go to training camp with Philadelphia. Uh, he's not going to show up. Um, and so he's, he's essentially demanding a trade. There's, there's no other option in his mind. So he's going to go somewhere else. You don't know what he's going to play he, he's been a point guard but a 611 point guard is relatively unheard of and i just don't foresee him staying as a point guard i'd like to see him go to a forward on whatever his new team is and that's going to impact his game and that's going to impact his fantasy um his fantasy scores
1: yeah definitely uh ben simmons is a great example of that um you know there's a lot of moves that happen this offseason that have changed team situations so that's something you want to look at too a big mistake we all make is we get attached to players because we love them um and you want to make sure that you're reviewing rosters looking at the situation players are in before you draft them you don't want to draft somebody on the team where while the player may be excellent individually on the team their role is going to be a lot smaller
0: right and and i have some good Good points on that. We can talk about later on regarding the Lakers and the Nets and the big super teams they've formed. Before we get into that, um, you know, you're talking about some of the players you you want to draft smart. You want to pick the right players. Um, in, in your opinion, who are maybe your top five, if you have a, a top five list of players to be drafting um if if in in anyone's respective fantasy league they they get a top five pick who do you think are some smart choices
1: sure and i think i think it's important to say regardless of how many uh how many teams you have these top five don't change for me if you're in a 12 team league or a four team league these top five don't change my number one off the board is gonna be Nikola jokic I think he's going to have a big season. I think he's looking for revenge after getting knocked out in the playoffs last year. And I think the big boy is going to start slinging the ball around like we haven't seen him uh, do in a while. Um, The year after the Olympics, I think he's fired up. He's ready to get back on the NBA court. He's warmed up. He's in basketball shape. He usually starts the season a little out of shape, but because of the Olympics, he's been training. He's been going. Um, so that would be my number one off the board
0: okay what what is it about Jokic that you think is is going to be the number one smartest pick what what does he do that's going to be advantageous for someone in a fantasy league
1: you know most fantasy leagues keep him uh, pigeonholed into the center position but for me I like to target players in my top five who are versatile Um, guys who can play any position on the floor or who are so elite in their position that it doesn't matter if they aren't switching positions on the floor, Uh, they're going to provide you with that consistent line. So what I like about Jokic is he gives you the points, he gives you the defense, he gives you the assists, and he's going to give you the rebounds because he's big body, and big bodies win rebounds no matter no matter where the ball is going. Um, and you know, his, I I really think he showed an improvement last year defensive wise. I think those block numbers are going to be going up.
0: Awesome. Okay, uh, who who's your next pick?
1: My next pick is going to be Steph Curry. Listen, full admission here. I'm a big Warriors fan, but that's not why I picked <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> okay, I think Steph Curry is the best player in the NBA right now, hands down. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a competition. I think he's completely changed the game. Um, I, I think he's made the three-point relevant in the NBA, um, and I think, I think he's shown that you don't have to be seven feet tall to be dominant. So I think Curry's going to get his every night. I think it's going to be good for him to have Clay Thompson back if Clay, if Clay is uh, back this year. And even if he isn't, it's all going to be on Curry to uh, make, it, make the wins happen. But with Clay back, we always see his assist numbers go up. Clay is a great stand-up shooter. So the ball moves more which is better for Curry because the defense moves more so he can get into those positions where you get the three and shimmy baby.
0: <laughs> uh, so on the note of Steph Curry, um, a couple years ago in the finals against Toronto, um, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, both go down with, with injuries. They end up losing the finals. Um, obviously Durant walks after that year Clay misses the entire next year. The Warriors have just not quite been able to pick themselves back up due to injuries. Now they're a, a pretty strong-looking roster. They're deep again. It This is the kind of help that Steph had back when he won the unanimous MVP. It's, yep. it's an impressive roster. What are going to be the keys for Steph starting this year, um, or what moves do you think the Warriors can still make trade-wise before the season starts to further help Steph? Are there maybe any pieces you feel like they have that they could trade away? And if so, what should they be targeting? What positions are they maybe weak
1: in that they could strengthen? Um, I'm not saying this because I don't like him, okay? I really think they can get something better than Andrew Wiggins. Okay. The kind of player I want them to get is a true true small forward power forward hybrid with – Thompson coming back, they have the shooting guard covered. They have plenty of players who can play the point guard, shooting guard position. Uh, There's really no differentiation anymore. You don't need to be six foot four to play shooting guard anymore. So I'd like to see them get a guy who has a little more length and height to give Draymond Green a little help when he's not on the floor. The problem that the Warriors have right now, in my mind, is they don't have that versatile player. Um, who can play the middle position, small forward? Um, Wiggins is not a great defender. Um,
0: so, so you're saying you, you want them to find someone to fill the void that Kevin Durant left when he when he went over to Brooklyn.
1: I mean, I, you can't fill that void. <laughs> you can't fill that void. Well, as best but, as possible. Yeah. I, well, what I want them to do is get someone get someone who can let Draymond take a break. Um, someone who can let Draymond maybe play with the second unit and facilitate the second unit. Okay. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see them trade Wiggins and, and get, get somebody better I I don't know who they can target right now, but I'd be interested to see some someone better than Wiggins on the floor, at least for this, this team style.
0: Okay. Um. So Jokic and then Steph, who, who's maybe your third option for the fantasy world. The reigning
1: champ, Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right. He is a monster on the basketball floor, and he will probably be going number one for a lot of people just because um, he's so hyped up right now. So he may not be available as, as the number three pick, uh, but I've seen Curry in a lot of the, the drafts I've been doing. I've seen Curry been has been falling to the third or fourth spot, which is interesting to me. Uh, but Giannis is my number three the only reason he's not number one is he can't shoot the ball yeah so if he learns how to shoot it's over no one else will ever win another nba championship yeah i mean that's that's
0: tough to argue uh what's what's number four on your list
1: my number four is gonna be damian lillard okay and it's for the opposite reason of steph curry yeah No, you're a big blazers fan over here (laughs)
0: So you, you feel like Dame is the, the, the one star on the team, the guy who's going to shoulder the load and make it all happen.
1: Yeah. I've wanted, I've, I've wanted to see the Blazers trade CJ McCollum for a long time. I think CJ is actually a drag on the team. I know a lot of people disagree with me on that, but I, I think the problem with CJ is he takes the ball away from Dame and, um, I don't think there's anyone left on the team other than CJ who can take the ball away from Dame. So I think we're going to see Damian Lillard get the ball a lot, and just on volume alone, he's going to have to put up big numbers for this team to be relevant in any way. Um, so we'll see what happens. He may he may get traded, but if he gets traded, in my mind, it, it's an even better situation for him.
0: Yeah, the the CJ McCollum deal. You know, Dame and CJ are both All Star caliber starting point guards. And while it's, on one hand, it's not a bad thing to have a couple of good, competent ball handlers, the the way that the Blazers have been handling their their rotation is, at least one of them is on the floor at all times. When Dame sits down to rest, CJ stays in. When CJ sits down to rest, Dame stays in. They always have a good ball handler at the point guard position, but is that really necessary to have two point guards? I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but the blazers have struggled in the forward position on the and on the defensive position. um so I, I do see merit to what you're saying. Can we trade cJ McCollum and get maybe a bigger guy, someone who can play some better defense? Um, not not a bad thought at all. Uh, thank you. I thought it was,
1: I thought it was okay <laughs>
0: And uh, what's your fifth person on your your number five top? people for the fantasy world in the draft.
1: My number five is on a team. A lot of people probably think is going to have to share the wealth, but I'm going with Kevin Durant. Okay. I think Kevin Durant's a beast. He's, I think I think people still underestimate Kevin Durant. I think people look at him and they say, Kevin Durant is a great offensive player. Kevin Durant is the best offensive player in the NBA. Kevin Durant is one of the best defenders in the NBA. And I think this year he's going to put up the numbers to prove it, even on a great team like Brooklyn. Interesting. Okay.
0: Do you have any bold predictions you want to make right now on how many points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game, anything that Kevin Durant's going to average by the end of the season? Sure. Kevin Durant's going to average
1: 25 points a game. Kevin Durant's going to average at least five rebounds a game and at least five assists a game.
0: Okay. Now He's going to
1: average a block and a steal a game.
0: One of each. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, With my top five fantasy choices, I agreed with all of your top four. I didn't have mine in any particular order, but I had Lillard, Giannis, Steph, Jokic, and my fifth one was actually Luka. The reason I put Luka on the list, I think it's important to keep in mind what the fantasy – Basketball world rewards for points. Um, if you get a double double, you get a points boost. If you get a triple double, you get a bigger points boost. If you get the uh, ever elusive quadruple double, you you get I don't even know what it would be. I've never actually bothered to look in the fantasy world, but I'm sure it's something pretty large. And Luca is a, a triple double fiend. He's he's always out there seeking the double doubles and the triple doubles. He's getting them, and I think that's going to be enough to push him higher value in the fantasy world than Kevin Durant. And don't get me wrong. If I was forming a team in real life, if I was an NBA commissioner or a a team general manager and I was starting a team, I would take Kevin Durant over Luka Doncic. But in the fantasy world, I think Luka has a higher value because he's going to get those double doubles and triple doubles. And that's what you want in the fantasy world. That's just my two cents worth.
1: Yeah. And I, I definitely, can see I think what Luca's gonna do is win you weeks. Luca's gonna win you weeks, I think he's gonna have big weeks, but my my thing with Luca is I think he's really inconsistent mm-hmm. I think um I think he disappears I think he gets in his own head, and uh, I think Kevin Durant is gonna win you seasons so that's that's my only um that's my only differentiation between the two of them
0: and Luca has his his co-star on the team, Kristaps Porzingis. It's another player that right now he's he's really underperformed since he came to Dallas. He was a big star yep. when he was in New York. Dallas has not been good for him. Constantly, there's been talks surrounding him in the trade market. Um, he's kind of in that same situation as Ben Simmons, where the contract is really high and he just hasn't quite shown his value to match that contract. People maybe aren't willing to trade what dallas thinks he's worth or what dallas yep. thinks they should be able to get for him i think that's the only reason we haven't seen him traded yet uh but there's there, there's always talk that hey luke or uh sorry that uh, porzingis is going to get traded by the time the season starts or by the trade deadline it hasn't seemed to happen we're seeing it again that porzingis is going to get traded before the season starts it's something to keep in mind for those who want to draft lucas super high is if porzingis does get traded who's he going to get traded for what's going to happen now the dynamic in dallas is going to be different and luca won't be sharing the floor with porzingis he'll be sharing it with somebody else maybe it's somebody who's going to demand the ball a lot more and is going to put up 30 points per game themselves you know maybe it's going to be a bradley beal i i don't know um i don't think that trade would happen just just for the record i don't think porzingis will get swapped for beal but um just for the sake of example if if beal went to dallas luke is going to score a lot less points he's probably going to get a lot more assists what's that going to do is to his fantasy value i i don't know it might end up being a wash but these are all things to consider when when doing the draft and like you said earlier don't draft too early uh wait until a little bit closer to the season tip off i want to say that's october 19th
1: yeah yeah uh dallas me is one of those rosters that's really up in the air um there's clearly some issues. I mean, we saw it with uh, with the playoffs last year. You could see people snapping at each other. You could see Luke out on the floor, kind of getting impatient. Um, so, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely think we 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 have some interesting basketball still ahead to see who gets moved around. One team that always interests me that I feel
0: like cannot seem to live up to their potential um, it's the New Orleans Pelicans. They have some talent on their team. There's obviously been a lot of coaching turnover. they got um they got Stan Van Gundy for one year and was immediately fired or or quit. I, I don't know who initiated the that that part of it, but you know, Brandon Ingram, um Zion Williamson they they had Drew Holiday um they had Eric Bledsoe uh they they now have Jonas Valanciunas what what do you think is going to happen with them what's it going to take for that team to be a playoff team because I got to say when Zion got drafted and they got Brandon Ingram I I thought they were going to be in the playoffs I, I thought they'd be a first round loss I didn't think they quite had the experience and the the firepower to make a deep Playoff push, but I thought they'd be in the playoffs. It just isn't really even that close yet. What's it going to take?
1: I think in the NBA, what it takes to be successful now is you have to be able to shoot the ball. And that's where I think Steph Curry's changed the game. I think post play doesn't matter anymore. Big men are a dime a dozen, and any big man can post up another big man. We see it all the time. I think the problem for Zion is he's not a great shooter, he doesn't stretch the defense. And the problem they have with Brandon Ingram is he's tall, but he's small. And he he can't play in the post. He can't bully the post. He plays the true small forward. Um, And he's not like Kevin Durant, who's seven feet tall and can just shoot over the top of everyone else. He's only six foot eight. So I, I think that's a big problem with the Pelicans right now is they're shooting They don't have anyone who stretches the floor. And I think they've made some adjustments to try and address that. But I think until your stars can shoot the basketball and at least make teams respect them away from the paint, I think um, I just don't see them succeeding going to the playoffs.
0: So you don't think it's going to be a matter of bringing in the right guards to to round out their starting lineup? You feel like it's a matter of – self improvement amongst the roster they already have. I think Zion needs to make
1: some changes to his game. Um okay. and I think I think that I think he figured that out last year. I think we started to see some things change. I think it's the same thing Giannis went through. Giannis was a big body and he realized I need to either be able to bully people down in paint and be able to shoot the mid-range or I got to figure out a three-point shot. And I mid-range and, and, uh, bullying people in the paint He has that in his game. And people have to respect it.
0: Okay. Fair point. Let's talk a little bit about the rookies. I know you followed the rookies coming into the league and what their impact on the fantasy basketball world might look like. What do you think you might be able to share for anybody about to do a fantasy draft?
1: The only player in the rookie class this year who I would plug and play into your starting Starting uh, roster this year is Kate Cunningham, the number one pick. Sure. Um, yeah, we talked about it a little bit. He's coming into a team where um, there's no number one option, and he's going to be the primary ball handler. He's going to be starting right away, is my guess.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure so he will.
1: We'll see if he can, if he can keep up this three point shooting. And, you know, last year in college, it was 40% three point shot. Um, If he can be anywhere close to that, I think he's going to be effective for you as someone late in the in the rounds. Um, I, I think some guys, if you're in a deep league, I think some rookies, or you're in a keeper league, I think some rookies to really keep an eye on is, uh, I think, Franz Wagner is a big guy on the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really well-rounded. He uh, averaged 12.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and a block at michigan um i he's he's shown flashes of his ability to play defense i think he's like a kevin durant light for me just that consistent line and then ability to play defense on the other side is a big thing um so i i think he's a guy you might want to stash if you if you have someone you can let develop over the next year or two i think that's a guy you want to let develop um and one other guy I was looking at uh is uh actually on the warriors and that is uh, uh jonathan kaminga okay i i think i think the thing where the thing for jonathan kaminga for me is he didn't he didn't go to the college route he went to the g league um and i i i don't understand this but i think a lot of of uh Scouts don't respect the talent in the G League, so I—he's not super efficient, but he's super athletic. He's six foot six, and honestly, I really think this is the kind of player the Warriors need if he develops. Um, so we'll see—we'll see if he develops, but this might be a guy you want to keep an eye on. Um, maybe you don't draft him, but you keep an eye on him and, and pick him up if you—if you start to see something good out of him. Okay. Um, Other than rookies,
0: are there any other? Can you come up with a a player that might be a valuable addition late in the draft? Kind of an unknown that other people may not know about. uh, Maybe last year's numbers weren't as impressive. Anybody at all?
1: Yeah. So a guy, a guy where I don't—he's an unknown, but I think he's an underrated, and I think he's being taken way too late in the draft. He's being disrespected by all all the uh, analysts out there right now, they have him ranked 161st. I think that guy's Gary Trent jr. Mm. In Toronto. I think he, I think he's going to do good things this year. I, I...
0: well, and it's important to see where he was coming from and where he is now in, in the past. He's, he's only ever played with the Portland trailblazers where he was coming off the bench um, in that guard role behind Damon CJ. He was not, the first second, third, or even fourth scoring option. Um, and then he obviously got traded midway through the season over to Toronto and he, he put up very impressive numbers in Toronto. I think he's going to be a starter for the rest of his career now, wherever he ends up going. Uh, and while in Toronto this past year, he was sharing the, the minutes in the spotlight with, uh, Pascal Siakam and with Kyle Lowry. Um, Kyle Lowry is obviously gone now. He's in in Miami, and that's just one yep. less star he has to share the spotlight with. So I, I got to agree. Um, I think Gary Trent Jr. is going to put up a monstrous year. I think he's going to have a, a, at least a dozen 30-point games this year. Um, I think he's going to break a lot of his own uh, career highs in points yep. per game, in steals per game, in three-pointers made per game. Um, he's, a, he's an excellent defender. I think he's going to put up a lot of value to Toronto and to anybody who gets him in their fantasy league. I I have to agree with you.
1: Yeah, a super underrated player. I'm excited to see what he does this year.
0: Yeah, my pick for a otherwise unknown player that would be valuable to pick up late in the draft is Jonathan Isaac with the Orlando Magic. Uh, tall guy about 611 plays the forward position really a similar game to Kevin Durant just not nearly the offensive player that durant is uh, but he's a defense first tall forward who can easily play the the three you, you could you could plug him in at the shooting guard if you really wanted to um but he's he's a he's a great um, shot blocker um, he'll get you steals He's going to put up a lot of value in the fantasy game. His drawback is he's dealt with a lot of injuries. He missed, I think, the entire last season with an ACL tear. I want to say he tore his ACL in like the first game of the season. So Mm -hmm. I don't believe he's going to be ready for the season opener, but he's going to be probably coming back early in the season Um, and that's the only wild card is what are injuries going to do to him? He could drop early, um, and just not put up any value for you. It's going to be hard to say, but to me late in the draft, you know, if you're doing a 15 person roster in the, in your fantasy lineup, I think he's definitely worth picking up somewhere between 10 and 13 in, in that round. Um, and I think he could be a surprise addition to anybody.
1: I think for him, something that's really encouraging is he just signed an extension, $80 million four-year extension. So I don't think the Magic would be doing that with him if they were worried about his long-term viability. So I think that means he's healing well, and he's he's going to be someone who impacts the, the, the game of basketball for the Orlando Magic. Absolutely. Um,
0: last point I want to talk about before we wrap up the episode. I mentioned earlier the, the fantasy basketball value of people on the Lakers, there's going to be, you know, I think when, when people think about big performers in the NBA, people are thinking about LeBron James as, as the, you know, the most notable person of our generation, um, you know, Michael Jordan ruled the '90s. Kobe ruled the 2000s. LeBron has ruled the 2010s, um, and he he's really not slowing down. He he had that injury a couple years back, and has has been kind of slow to bounce back. But that also revolved around a short off season and playing in the bubble. And um, you you could argue that now all that's gone, and he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be just fine. But what the Lakers have done here. Most teams will play an eight or nine man rotation on the court, meaning, yeah, Mm -hmm. you you can have up to 15 people on your team, not counting two way players that are also in the G league. You can have 15 people showing up to a game dressed and ready to play. Um, Mm -hmm. But a team is typically only going to play eight or nine of those players. They're just going to pick their best players, keep them hot, keep them ready to go. Um, You know, a downside to that, if you're only doing an eight man rotation is if you're playing back to back nights Your players are going to get pretty fatigued, especially your starters who are going to be playing, you know, the high minutes, upper thirties, maybe low forties minutes. Um, They're going to be fatigued for the next night. And what the Lakers and the nets have done with their rosters by building these massive deep super teams, they've put themselves in a position where they could play 12 man rosters. If they want the the Lakers could even get away with a 13 man lineup in, in a game. And they would do just fine. Their players are not going to fatigue. And, and sure, some of these guys are only going to get maybe six minutes in a game. They're not going to get a bunch. It won't be an opportunity to really get warmed up and get engaged. Um, so maybe this isn't a good option. I, I don't know. It would be something you would have to test out and really see if it works. Um, but all that to say, you know, we look at the Lakers point guard position. They've got Russell Westbrook, then Kendrick Nunn, then Rajon Rondo. Any one of those guys can put up significant minutes. Shooting guard. I don't know who's going to be their starter at shooting guard. I would probably say, actually, Kendrick Nunn should be the starting shooting guard. But they've also got Talon Horton-Tucker, Wayne Ellington, and Malik Monk. Any one of those guys could be getting minutes every single night. Small forward. you got LeBron James, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore. Again, Every one of those guys should be getting minutes every single night. Power forward, Anthony Davis and then Carmelo Anthony. And at the center, Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. These are people, you know, you see people out there who sometimes play a little bit lackluster defense. And it comes down to longevity. If you're going to be all out sprinting, diving for the ball, putting your body on the floor, You're going to fatigue very fast. You can't be playing for 12-minute stretches if you're doing that for 30 minutes in a game night after night. These guys are in a position now, you know, Trevor Ariza is a high-caliber defender. They can put him on the floor for just four-minute spurts and just say, play until you're too winded to stand. Just, Just play as hard as you can defense. Do not let your guy do anything with the ball. Stop him at all costs. Go for the steals. We don't care if you rack up one foul per minute. It doesn't make a bit of difference. Play aggressive, play hard, and then they'll just sub him out and put in somebody else. And it makes absolutely no difference. They, they have that luxury now. Um, and yeah, they really only have two great centers right now with Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan, but they can go to small ball and put Anthony Davis at center. It, it doesn't matter. Even Carmelo Anthony played some minutes at center with the Blazers last year when they were, when they were kind of ridden with injuries. Um, so th- they're, they're just fine. They're going to do just fine depth wise. Um, all that to say, this is really going to damage those players minutes in the fantasy world, or I'm sorry, their, uh, their scores in the fantasy world, because LeBron James, you may expect him to put up 38 or 40 minutes per game. And ordinarily, that's exactly what he would do. But I think in a way to combat these guys, um, you know, getting older and maybe not otherwise being able to play 40 minutes per game. They've built a very wide and very deep roster, and we might see LeBron James only playing... 25 minutes per game and the lakers are still going to win those games anthony davis is plenty young i think he's about 28 he doesn't need to be shortening his minutes but this is only going to extend his career uh russell westbrook as well these guys don't need to play long minutes and the team can get away with it what are your thoughts on that you know
1: it's i think it's true in a lot of ways um I, you know, I put Kevin Durant in my top five. He's on one of these super teams you were talking about. Yeah. And, and if we look at the Nets roster,
0: they're in a similar boat where their point guards, Kyrie Irving, and then Patty Mills shooting guards, James Harden, and then Bruce Brown, small forward, Kevin Durant, and then Joe Harris power forward, Paul Millsap, and then Blake Griffin center or Marcus Aldridge, and then Nicholas Claxton, um, they'll even go deeper than that. That's just that's just the minimum 10 that I think we're very likely to see at least those 10 every single night. So in the same way, I feel like the guys on the Nets roster are going to see a drop in their fantasy performance because it's about longevity of the season. You don't want guys to be out for injuries. So why would you put your starters in for 40 minutes a game?
1: Yeah, and I definitely see where you're coming from. Here's my thing. These guys are players. Um, and I think we saw it with Brooklyn last year. They didn't do a lot of resting. The Lakers are different for me. I think LeBron James makes people take breaks. And I think with Anthony Davis's injury history, it's, it's smart for him to rest his body. Um, but I think I think there's another school of thought with that where the Nets may just be like, you want to keep yourself fresh and moving and going. And if you slow down and let your body tense up, you could snap an ACL. So... Um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think you bring a really good point up and that is a risk of drafting someone like Kevin Durant. Um, the risk of drafting someone like LeBron James, which is why LeBron James is not in my top five because he is old and on the Lakers. Um, other risks you have in the NBA right now are guys like Kyrie Irving, who don't seem to want to play basketball anymore. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I would say the same about Kawhi Leonard as well. He basically sits yeah. out whenever he wants, just because he wants, I, I think he would be, I'd pick him up if he's available in like the fifth round of your draft, but I, he would, he would not be a first, second, third, it just, I, I wouldn't, yeah. I don't even, I don't even know if I'd take him at all.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that I've seen that a lot. I've seen Kawhi Leonard fall into the third and fourth round of, of drafts, which is surprising. I've seen Kyrie fall to the fifth or sixth round of drafts because these guys are so great when they apply themselves. But um, I think something we're really gonna start seeing in professional sports is mental health start to take a real effect. Do these guys feel like they need to take breaks from the game to be healthy mentally? Um, Say what you will about that, but that's the reality as fantasy players we're gonna be running into and we have to be ready for it in the end it's important to stack
0: the odds in your favor you know if if you're doing the the fantasy league where you can adjust your roster once per week i think then it locks in from like monday through sunday um you, you know look at the odds and if if you have um you know, if you have Dame and Steph on your team, if you're if you're lucky enough to have both of them, and Dame is playing four games in the week, Steph is only playing one, and you can only put one in your lineup, you know what? Just put Dame in. Don't put yep. Steph in. He's only playing one game. Um, even if Dame misses one or two of those games, he's still playing more minutes than Steph the odds are in, in those games he's going to put up higher numbers than Steph would in one game. You never know. There's yes. always surprises, but you have to look at the number of games, and hopefully that's going to save you if you end up picking up one of these players who just has a, a, a lesser work ethic and doesn't want to play.
1: Yeah, and and you you were right on with uh, Kawhi Leonard. I'm not even going to draft him. Yeah, someone else on my in my league is going to have Kawhi Leonard, but how many games are they going to have him for? Yeah. Like you said, once you put them in your lineup, they're locked in, he may decide to take a game off. And uh, I don't have to deal with that low level of production. I'm take someone two rounds later who give me the same level of production as a guy who takes a game off every week.
0: Yeah, I think him and Paul George, their first year together on the Clippers, um, I think they both had the agreement that they neither one of them would ever play a back to back. So if there's a back to back, they're either both going to play the first game, they're both going to play the second game, or they might do a one and one split. And you just don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, they can manage their team however they choose to, but when it comes to me and my fantasy league, I just don't see a need to take a chance on that.
1: Yep, I completely agree.
0: All right, well, with that, let's wrap up this first episode of Inside the Key Podcast. Once again, I'm Jeremy Porth. This is my co-host, Jonathan Nosak, and uh, we'll talk
1: to you guys next time. Adieu.